Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the digital future, the retail future, and especially Sony's PlayStation, because they've taken a step over the weekend uh, in the past few days uh, that has led me to uh, at least re-examine what Sony's future strategy for sales might well be. Uh, and so without further ado, let's start talking about that. We've got here an article from Push Square, uh, which says, Sony to stop selling full game digital download codes at retail. PSN credit going nowhere, though. Sony will pull full game digital download codes from retail beginning 1st April. A leaked GameStop memo has revealed. And we're going to take a look at that memo uh, with more specificity in just a second. This means that you'll no longer be able to purchase the digital versions of full games from brick-and-mortar stores, although shops will continue to sell PlayStation Network credit in various denominations. Taking a step back for just a second, I will admit 100% that I had no idea that GameStop or other brick-and-mortar stores were actually selling digital game codes uh, for full games. Uh, I had switched myself to a digital environment uh, really at the start of this generation, so when I buy a digital game, I tend to buy it directly from the uh, Xbox uh, Live Store uh, or the PlayStation Network. Uh, and so I didn't realize that the GameStops and the Best Buys of the world uh, had been selling these cards, uh, which is a long way of saying that I'm probably part of the problem on this to some extent insofar as it used to be uh, really a, a kind of weekly tradition uh, for me to stop by the GameStop or the Best Buy, uh, pick up a game, have a conversation with the folks there, uh, and uh, and go on my way. And that really kind of changed at the start of this generation, so really 2013 or so, uh, to me uh, instead uh, buying things on uh, New Game Tuesday or otherwise, New Game Fridays have quickly become uh, as popular as Tuesdays, uh, directly from uh, my couch or my chair uh, and the PlayStation Network or, or the Xbox Live Store. So I am probably part of the problem insofar as I'm not purchasing these things from, from the GameStops of the world. Continuing with the article, to provide an example, it means that you'll no longer be able to purchase the digital version of, say, Marvel's Spider-Man directly from a physical outlet. You will, however, be able to purchase $60 worth of PlayStation Network credit and then buy Insomniac Games' superhero title from the PlayStation Store. Why is it doing this? Control, we assume. Well, we're, we have a lot of things to say on this video about why they might be doing this, what it means for the continued relationship between Sony and these brick-and-mortar locations. So I don't think it's just control. I think there's a lot that goes into a decision like this. Um, but I think it is a good starting point because this is certainly exerting some control over the uh, relationship, uh, exerting some leverage, if you will, or if you're familiar with my other videos where we talk about contractual relationships and negotiations. 
In its memo, GameStop advises clerks to push customers towards physical copies if they're looking to purchase a game digitally. There's also an exception to the rule where pre-orders for the digital versions of Mortal Kombat 11 and Days Gone will be honored at GameStop stores, assuming they are fulfilled within a week of their release date. Uh, it's unclear whether this new policy will apply outside of the United States. I, I believe Push Square is a uh, non-United States website, certainly based on their first April kind of denomination of the date. Uh, but we'll check in with the platform holder and try to get some clarification on that for Europe. Uh, while this change is unlikely to affect a large number of customers, it does mean that gifting digital games is going to be significantly less elegant in the future, unless, of course, the organization has a solution for that in the pipeline. And I think that's part of the story and certainly one of the things we are going to talk about on this video. Let's take a look at the memo itself, uh, which was uh, copied and a picture was put up on the internet, on Twitter, uh, from Wario64, who regularly does these kinds of uh, news beats uh, on his Twitter stream. I recommend to follow. It says, Sony has recently announced that full game digital download codes will no longer be available for purchase from other retailers worldwide effective April 1st, 2019. So this is the internal memo that the GameStop employees receive. I will tell you from my own background, I worked at an electronics boutique back in my college days, uh, and you regularly get these kinds of informational updates uh, from headquarters that tell you how to do certain things with advertising and where to put certain boxes and things like that. And you get these updates on what the new policies of the company are going to be, the new things that you're going to have to do as a retail associate or a manager if you're in a management position. And this is just such one of those kinds of memos. It says, after this date, April 1st, 2019, with some specific exceptions, Sony full game digital downloads will only be available for purchase through the PlayStation Marketplace. Now, again, taking a step back, what's important there from this description that isn't popping up in all the articles that I've seen is that at least based on what that paragraph says, which again is GameStop corporate talking to its GameStop retail locations, what Sony has communicated to GameStop is that this is not a unique position for GameStop. They aren't just attacking GameStop. They're taking all of the full digital uh, codes out and moving them to the PlayStation Marketplace. Now, I have some questions on that uh, because certainly one of the things that would jump out to me there is, are you moving digital codes off of the Amazons of the world, off of the other kind of online retailers and moving them into the PlayStation Marketplace? There's been no indication that that's happening. So there is some question about what Sony has communicated to GameStop, what GameStop believes Sony has communicated to them, and what's actually going to happen uh, in, the, in this interregnum period uh, between now and April 1st. Uh, certainly nobody has to make an announcement that this is going to happen before it happens, and indeed GameStop didn't make an announcement here. It just so happens that one of their retail locations leaked out this information to Wario64, who then shared it with the internet. Uh, so April 1st will be an interesting day uh, if you are following Sony, if you are following kind of digital sales and the future of retail in the industry to take a look around and see whether uh, Amazon can still sell it, whether the other online retailers can still sell it, uh, and frankly, whether other physical retailers can still sell it, whether Best Buy can still sell digital codes, and, and whether uh, GameStop got the communication wrong that Sony gave it. That's unlikely. So at bare minimum, I think at least the physical retailers are very unlikely to be able to sell these things ap after April 1st. But certainly I am paying attention to whether or not the online digital retailers can sell them as well. Going on with the memo, how does this affect my business? After April 1st, retailers worldwide will no longer sell any full game download codes that may be redeemed on the PlayStation Store. This affects all retailers, not just GameStop. Again, doubling down on all retailers, and certainly the question is whether that's limited to brick and mortar or not. 
All currently available Sony full game digital SKUs will be deactivated in the POS, the point of sales terminal, and on GameStop.com on on April 1st. So GameStop.com being their digital equivalent, their their Amazon analog uh, that they sell digital codes through on their own service. So again, a good question is what will happen on April 1st to those other places that you could have gotten digital codes. You can expect to see Sony full game digital SKUs being removed from the point of sales and website over the coming weeks. The visual merchandising and creative services teams are working quickly to identify which in-store elements need to be updated and removed as a result of this initiative. So the things in the store, the banners and the uh, standees or whatever else they have that say, hey, buy this digital version from us at the, at the, at the counter uh, need to be changed. And so they're looking at that as well. Uh, stores can expect this action to take place the week ending April 6th. This action is not expected to take more than one hour to complete. Uh, this is, again, telling the managers how long it'll take to change things. This only impacts Sony Digital full game SKUs. Microsoft, Nintendo, and PC platforms are not impacted by Sony's policy change. Digital add-on content will still be available for purchase in GameStop stores for all platforms. So Sony isn't pulling whatever kind of DLC that they can sell physically at a GameStop uh, in terms of uh, additions to the games that they sell. But they're removing all of the full game digital download cards or any kind of other uh, peripherals that you could otherwise buy at GameStop to get a digital version of the video game. How does this affect guests who have active pre-orders? Guests with reservations on full game digital downloads that are released after April 1st should be encouraged to switch to physical versions. As an exception, Days Gone and Mortal Kombat 11 are still available for sale. We talked about that when we read the first article. How does this affect guests who wish to pre-order digital game downloads for PlayStation 4? Guests who are interested in reserving upcoming releases on PlayStation 4 should be encouraged to pre-order the physical version. PlayStation Store POSA cards and or digital redemption codes will continue to be made available in 10, 20, 50, 75, and $100 increments. We are currently working with our partners at Sony to secure incremental currency SKUs that will help your guests get the amount that they actually need for sales tax scenarios. Additional incremental currency SKUs are expected to be available by May. So they'll add on uh, essentially smaller versions of PlayStation cards. That's what they're trying to negotiate with Sony uh, in order to hit the exact number that you're trying to achieve. Uh, so if you've got a 10% tax on a $60 game, you need a $66 card or, or so. Uh, and so... That's really the state of play uh, from GameStop, uh, and I apologize uh, for the uh, essentially the the fidelity here of this photo, uh, but it is clearly a, a leaked photo of this internal memo from GameStop, and it wasn't uh, supposed to be released this way. Uh, so it does give us insight, uh, but because it wasn't an actual kind of official release, we can't get that the high definition uh, language and text on there. Uh, but the question is, you know, what does this mean? Uh, and I, I think there are a couple ways to take it. Certainly the article that we read before suggests that uh, it's just a matter of Sony trying to control the pipeline. Uh, and I think that that's part of uh, the issue, but I think it's, it's broader than that. So when a corporation has entered into essentially a, a partnership, a uh, relationship with another party, a third party, they have... All of these folks that are dedicated to continuing to evaluate the relationship as it, as it goes forward. Sony and GameStop have been in business together uh, for a long, long time. Sony has provided them with hardware and with software and with physical goods and with uh, tchotchkes and with all manner of things that GameStop sells and gives Sony back a, a cut of some kind. Uh, and in this particular case, Sony was providing uh, Probably, I think, I would imagine paper cards uh, that would say something along the lines of, you know, Marvel's Superman, as, as the article says, and, and has a scratch-off 
code that you buy from the GameStop for 60 bucks uh, plus tax. You take it back to your PlayStation, and then you can use that to uh, download the, the game directly by inputting the code into the, the PlayStation Network store. Uh, and certainly uh, the question of why you would do that when you can otherwise just click a button at PlayStation or at Sony uh, I think is really a matter of data protection and, and data privacy. Certainly what I have seen on my social media and with folks doing the initial reactions to this announcement are those folks that were impacted or otherwise became concerned about Sony's security when they had their major breaches uh, a couple years back and when they had all those problems where uh, the, the credit card numbers were revealed to folks. And uh, the, the customer base that is the most concerned with that says, all right, well, I'm going to not have my credit card available for anybody to just link to out of my Sony account. Instead, if I'm interested in buying Sony goods and services, I'm going to go through this slightly more uh, Byzantine process to go and get uh, a digital version of the game or go get a PlayStation Network card and put it into my wallet so that you don't have my credit card information and I can otherwise uh, purchase a video game this way. And certainly those customers that are dedicated enough to the Sony platform to want to purchase those goods, uh, but not have their credit card on the, the Sony network available for potential hackers to steal or otherwise uh, compromise, are some of your best customers. Those are the folks that really want to play your games, really want to be advocates for your service, uh, and want to do that so much that they're willing to go through extra steps uh, to do it. Uh, but... That being said, I suspect it's a very small group of people. So when we talk about a change like this, when we talk about Sony eliminating this avenue of just buying a full digital code from a GameStop or from other brick-and-mortar retailers and potentially other digital retailers as well, you see uh, Sony evaluating whether or not it's going to affect its bottom line to a significant extent. Certainly, it's going to make some people upset. Anytime you remove options, every anytime you reduce what you are selling to the public, somebody somewhere is going to be upset. But the job of the company is to evaluate exactly how big a percentage of that uh, are, are those people that represent the folks that are going to be upset and what it's going to do to its bottom line as well as the goodwill associated with its brand. Uh, and so from a customer standpoint, my best guess is that they looked at this and said there weren't enough people utilizing it. At some point, it costs money to distribute cards with codes uh, and mail them to GameStops all over the country or Best Buys all over the country. Uh, and so if that did cost any even a moderate amount of money, then they have to look at what money is coming back. How is it actually getting spent? And if it's not a useful program, it's the kind of thing that gets put on the cutting board. And I suspect there were very few people that are ultimately going to be affected by this. As I said myself, and I'm not the bellwether for these kinds of things because I am in a, a different stage of life than a lot of folks that are playing the Sony PlayStation or the, or the Microsoft Xbox or what have you. Uh, I didn't know that this was even a thing. Uh, and I am uh, not quite as circumspect on the data protection uh, items uh, on the Sony and on the Microsoft side of things as others are. Um, so it's a matter of ease and convenience for me after a day of work to come back and say, all right, I'm just going to punch in the buttons and now I'm going to play Sekiro or what have you. So I didn't know this was a thing that was available at GameStop. I suspect a number of people didn't know it was a thing that was available at GameStop. So when you have that kind of disconnect between what people are aware of and what they're using, that's the kind of program you see put on cutting, cutting room, uh, floors all the time that, uh, that Sony just said, nope. Uh, we're not making enough money. And hey, by the way, uh, if you're willing to do the one extra step to go buy the full game digital download from GameStop, 
you can do the two extra steps of buying the PlayStation Network credit, the, the little cards that have the money that will also get you a game from the GameStop, putting those into your network and then using that money from your wallet to buy the game. It's really not that different for you. And so we're going to, at bare minimum, kind of consolidate those programs. It doesn't make sense to have separate games. Instead, we're going to just provide the money and you can go from there. Obviously, control is an issue as well, though. And one of the things that popped up here, and you can see it from the comments of that article, which I will link in the description of this video, uh, but otherwise around the internet, if you look at Reddit or Reset Era or NeoGAF or where have you, there is a notion of, hey, we were able to find small, general, generally, discounts on these full game digital downloads when they were available at the GameStop or the Best Buy, or we were able to find games that had codes that were still live for things that had been pulled down off of the store, and this was a useful service to us, uh, and that's going to go away. And to me, I look at this, and that mirrors the kind of discussion that folks were having uh, in respect of the uh, Epic and Steam Key question. I did a video on this the other day, which I highly recommend checking out, which was called, um, Does Epic uh, or Does Steam Have the Keys to Epic Game Store's Kingdom? Which talks about uh, whether or not Steam, uh, the Steam marketplace, that they allow people to make keys. They may allow developers to make keys and sell them on third-party websites for discounts. Uh, and allows customers that are interested in buying a game with a Steam key to go and find the best deal across seven or eight or nine digital storefronts uh, and whether or not Epic was going to match that. Now, it's since come out that Epic is looking at that and is probably going to have keys of themselves. They're going to have keys available on the Humble Store and things like that. That's a continuing and evolving kind of discussion between Steam and Epic. But this reminds me of that insofar as PlayStation is removing this kind of physical keys from the world and trying to consolidate them in access points at their PlayStation Network store. There is no question that to the extent discounts were available at different locations, they're not going to be available after this step is taken. And so people are going to be funneled more and more into buying things directly from the PlayStation store, and that's going to give them more control over their pricing. Uh, to the extent uh, it will also... Uh, offend or, or make folks critical of Sony that were using that process to go and find uh, discount games from GameStops or Best Buys or wherever else was selling these digital codes. So we are going to have a continuing issue just like Steam and just like Epic of what these keys actually mean out in the world uh, and what it means to take them away. So Sony has offended or is likely to offend at least a small group of people that were purchasers of Sony products. They're going to offend uh, GameStop insofar as they're removing a product uh, that GameStop was selling and that will they will no longer be able to sell now. And they're going to offend the folks that are kind of covering them on this kind of thing. So there is a continuing question of whether or not these are the kinds of right decisions from Sony. And we're going to get to that at the end. Uh, but I do think it's important to kind of step back and evaluate the current state of the world uh, in terms of digital gameplay and brick and mortar relations between Sony uh, and uh, between brick and mortar and the other uh, console providers as well. That's the real question. This is a small deal. This is a small kind of ancillary concept uh, in terms of full digital downloads. Hey, you're not going to be able to buy them from a physical location anymore. But it's these small steps that really start uh, sea changes, that really start a fundamental change in the dynamic of the sales relationship. 
and so I think it's worthwhile to pay attention to because anytime you upset a partner, even on the margins, GameStop probably isn't too terribly upset about this. I doubt they were making a ton of money from these sales, but it's another kind of step towards a future in which Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo don't have the same kind of relationship with GameStop and with the other brick-and-mortar retailers that they used to have. Um, and I don't think GameStop is going to be caught flat-footed on this insofar as they're aware it's happening. Whether or not they make the right decisions is another question. Uh, but I wanted to talk about GameStop just a little bit because I don't think this is the kind of thing that they're not expecting uh, although there is a question about whether or not what they do to get away from decisions like this is going to be effective. So let's take a look at that article. This is an article from VentureBeat from a couple days ago. It says, GameStop names former Victra Advanced Auto Parts executive as its new CEO. GameStop has named George Sherman as its new chief executive officer. Sherman previously served as the CEO of Verizon wireless retailer Victra. Now he's taking over the largest game-specific brick-and-mortar store chain. Prior to Victra, Sherman worked as an executive at Advanced Auto Parts, Best Buy Services, Home Depot, and Target, so traditional retail locations. He's got the experience that you would expect from somebody trying to position GameStop. So he has a lengthy history of overseeing retail stores. GameStop wants him to navigate the uncertain digital future. And Sherman acknowledges that he is coming on specifically because GameStop needs to change. So I've highlighted a number of quotes and discussion items about GameStop here, but it's it's important to kind of pull them apart because the Venture Beat makes the exact right analysis here about what you can see in these statements of this new CEO of GameStop coming on board. He says, I'm honored to have the opportunity to lead GameStop, one of the leading and most recognized brands in the video game industry. But he also says... I bring significant experience working with other retailers that have undergone large, successful transformations and look forward to leveraging GameStop's industry position, history, and brand. GameStop Executive Chairman Dan D'Amato says, having recently conducted a thorough review of strategic and financial alternatives, we are at a critical juncture in GameStop's evolution. And with George's hiring and his proven experience, we are ready to move forward. So just from those two quotes, and we're going to talk about this next heading here, GameStop 2.0, in a second. Uh, just from those quotes, you can see GameStop is fully aware that the world is changing, that the foundation of their business model is changing beneath their feet, and they need to get in front of it. They need to alter what they look like in order to make their way uh, into the future of whatever the video game industry is going to look like. So Sony saying, hey, we're not going to sell digital goods at your stores anymore is probably not a terribly large surprise to them. Uh, but what they're going to do to change, to kind of try to make their storefront uh, a bigger deal uh, in the video game industry is a continued question. Certainly GameStop's numbers are down in the recent past. They've had all this tumult with their board and with their CEO. Uh, they were potentially going to sell uh, for long parts of the last 12 to 18 months uh, to private equity firms and to other groups that may or may not have an interest in continuing in the video game industry. Those sales talks fell apart. I did a video on that. Uh, I highly recommend checking out. Uh, but right now, they've decided to plunge forward and they're going to change what it is that they are. So it says, in this VentureBeat article, sources familiar with the company that wish to remain anonymous say that hiring Sherman is just the beginning. The company plans to soon kick off the GameStop 2.0 initiative. Moving forward, GameStop wants to shift from a retailer to a cultural experience. 
That involves new kinds of stores and more membership programs. Expect a variation on Power Up Rewards. That was their loyalty program, their, their card-based loyalty program that provides better trade-in and pre-owned game prices. Uh, we look forward to supporting George as we accelerate the next steps in our plan, which includes several exciting initiatives that have been in development and have the potential to improve the financial performance and profitability of our company, said D'Amato, the, the chairman of the board. It also says GameStop recognizes it has a huge advantage by focusing on games and wants to leverage that. It plans to use more TVs to give people a place to hang out and try games before buying. These TVs will replace many of GameStop's poster advertisements. So the future that GameStop envisions is as something like a gaming lounge that you can have all of these consoles set up. You can try before you buy. You can do a kind of mini Let's Play experience in the store uh, that is going, that's going to be their value proposition. That's going to be why you go into a GameStop rather than just buy something online or just watch YouTube videos or what have you. Whether or not that succeeds, I have my doubts. Uh, but the purpose of mentioning this article in this video was to suggest that GameStop is not going to be caught flat-footed uh, insofar as they're, they're trying to change. Uh, but it is a question about whether or not they will succeed in changing. The relationship between the console manufacturers and retail has for a long time been predicated on the notion that you need some place to have space where your hardware is available, where you essentially have an advertising platform at these locations that say, hey, these new games are out. Hey, this hardware is out. That you have somebody there that is essentially evangelizing the video game industry and your products and services to people that might otherwise not buy uh, your products or services. But it looks to me, just from afar, that when Sony says, hey, we're not going to do digital downloads anymore, that that's probably the first step in a continuing kind of move away from a brick and mortar relationship between certainly Sony, but probably all of the hardware manufacturers uh, and, uh, and brick and mortar, GameStop and Best Buy. Whether or not that extends to the Amazons of the world, I don't know. I'm not sure that necessarily Sony knows. Uh, certainly, GameStop is under the impression that Sony is not going to be selling digital game codes to any retailer, which is, at least from my understanding, what you might call Amazon if you were in GameStop's shoes. I would call them a digital retailer. Uh, but whether or not the codes actually come off of that site is an open question. But either way, Sony likely sees the digital future coming. Uh, just as Google does with Stadia, uh, which I also did a video on, and just as Microsoft did uh, early. Uh, the Xbox One uh, pitch was essentially premised on an all-digital future. Not entirely, because they still had a kind of transition generation to get through where folks still wanted to buy discs uh, and wanted to put them into their systems. But the Microsoft Xbox original pitch was basically, hey, all of the data from your disc is going to go onto the hard drive anyway. You don't need the disc for anything else. Uh, it's just a matter of getting that data downloaded essentially from a disk to your to your hard drive. And as the infrastructure of the United States uh, catches up and as the infrastructure of the internet around the world gets better and better, it becomes more and more possible to kind of contemplate an all digital future of downloads and downloadable content that is essentially just kind of beamed to your box uh, for play. And I do think that is one of the things that the, the various hardware manufacturers are grappling with. And it wouldn't surprise me if Sony in the future has a box, a PlayStation 5 maybe, uh, that essentially doesn't require discs. I think we've already heard the kind of rumors and the whispers that one of the next um, Microsoft Xbox iterations is going to have a disc version and a discless version. And I, I certainly think 
if you give a big enough discount for not having a hard drive, which you should get some kind of discount because the hardware just simply won't be there. If you get that big enough discount, I do think there's going to be a significant amount of adoption for a diskless alternative to these consoles. Uh, and so I do think if Sony is looking that way and if Microsoft is looking that way, and certainly Google is not only diskless, they're console-less and platform-less, uh, then I think that perhaps you look at this if you're in the Sony boardroom or if you're the Sony CEO and you say, how much do we really need uh, brick and mortar? Uh, can we not just sell a, a diskless box uh, direct or through Amazon or through somebody else that has the logistical capability? Do we actually need this storefront space that we wind up paying for? We wind up paying a cut to GameStop to move our products. Uh, and if that number gets low enough, if they become a small enough portion of what we're selling, uh, and we don't think we need them to launch our next product, then, hey, maybe we start taking these steps to move them out of the chain to say, hey, no no more digital games right now. We know you don't really care about that. We'll see how that goes. And then maybe no more X and no more Y. And then essentially that's going to be it for GameStop at some level. Uh, but that all, that all is not being said. Uh, corporations don't always make the right choices. This is one of those things where I get into conversations with folks online. Uh, who talked to me about uh, my descriptions of fiduciary duty and what it means to try to make the most money or to make a return on investment for your investors and, and what that actually means for a corporation. And sometimes I think people uh, think that it means that the corporations are brilliant and they're making this decision because it makes them more money. Uh, and uh, they are obviously doing this uh, for reason X or reason Y. The one thing I want to say at the end of this video uh, is that corporations are run by human beings uh, in that they can have a lot of talent, they can have a lot of knowledge, they can have a lot of data, and they can have a lot of analytical analysis of that data. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they are necessarily going to make the right step, that they're going to take the right action to maximize that return on investment. That's one of the things that really came out when we were talking about loot boxes or then when we were talking about electronic arts and what it's doing with the Star Wars contract and the Star Wars license. They are, at every step, taking the uh, steps that they think are going to make them the most money, that they are going to maximize the revenue with. That is why the initial iteration of Battlefront 2 had all those loot boxes and all those customization items uh, and options. It was because Electronic Arts thought, okay, this is the best way to make money through this product, and it's going to maximize our returns. It's going to be a great thing. That's the way it was pitched. That's the decisions that they made, and they were wrong. Um, corporations are wrong all the time. Uh, and so there is no reason to say, uh, look at this Sony story and say, oh, obviously the digital future is coming. There is not going to be any GameStop anymore. There's not going to be any brick and mortar retail. This is the first step. This is the toe inside the tent. And we don't uh, need to worry about uh, GameStop anymore. That might be. That might be the future. But Sony's guessing just as you or I would. Uh, and it doesn't mean that they're right. Uh, certainly when Microsoft went out with the Xbox One pitch, they thought they were geniuses. They thought it was going to make a lot of sense. And there was pushback like nobody's seen pushback in the video game industry in decades. So Microsoft changed their uh, strategy, changed their approach, fired some people, moved some people around, and they fixed the things. They righted the ship. They put all this money and resources into backward compatibility. And I think most people have a generally pretty positive feel uh, towards the Microsoft Xbox brand right now. So that's the one kind of takeaway I wanted to have at the end of this video is to not assume that whatever decisions folks are making behind the scenes are the correct ones. They may be, they may not be. They're certainly getting paid money to make these decisions, uh, but they are big kind of sweeping decisions and you just don't know. 
So this is the start of what may be a significant dynamic change in the video game industry. And we're certainly going to keep our eyes on it uh, here at Hoglaw and on virtual legality. Uh, but otherwise, I think it's just a worthwhile thing to note and to say, hmm, let's see what happens on April 1st with regard to the digital retailers. And let's see what happens in the Sony state of play later this week. And let's see what happens going forward into E3 and the rest of 2019. Uh, because this is really just another piece of the puzzle, another kind of step in the story. And things are constantly changing. And that's what really makes life worth living and this all so fascinating. Um, so that's my video. If this is your first time here, uh, please do like, please subscribe to the channel. I talk about these things, especially the video game industry and the digital industry and information technology all the time. I'm a corporate lawyer that works on contracts, works on funding and works on selling companies uh, every day in my day job. And so I like to talk about these things. And I like to talk about the things that catch my eye when I'm otherwise looking at the internet. And I love to talk about them with you. Uh, if you've got a comment of your own, or if you think I got something wrong, or if you want to agree with me, that happens a little less on YouTube. But Feel free to do so in the comments to this video or otherwise. I love having that engagement. And if you like this video and you think somebody else could like it as well, please do share it wherever you're located, whether that's on Reddit or Tumblr or NeoGAF or Reset Era. Uh, I get a lot of engagement from folks that are seeing me for the first time. I love to have those comments. Uh, I love to talk to people that think I'm an idiot uh, and others that think I'm uh, pretty okay. Uh, and so please do share it around if you, if you like this video. Otherwise, if you were watching this on YouTube, thank you so very much for watching. And if you're listening to it on uh, one of the podcast locations where this is available, thank you so very much for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I will catch you on the very next Virtual Legality.